The following podcast will contain spoilers and explicit language. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Other Wrestling Show. My name is Joel and I'm here as always with Mike. And we're going to discuss the week that was in All Elite Wrestling Dynamite. But before we get into the action, Mike, what's new with you? Well, man, uh, we're recording on Thursday afternoon because the NBA draft was last night. One of my favorite, favorite days of the sports calendar. And my Mavericks, baby. We're doing things. For once, we're doing things. We took three rookies. We got rid of that bum, Seth Curry. Sent him to Philly with his dad. Got ourselves a capable starting defensive shooting guard. Life is good. Father-in-law, father-in-law. Doc Rivers is not Seth Curry's dad. <laughs> Let's not <laughs> no, no, go no, starting no. that rumor. No, but there is there is talks of uh, Austin Rivers joining the Sixers too, <laughs> which just a lot of family reunion together. And when they play the Clippers, they all can dunk on Paul George's ass. So looking forward to to that in this, the, the NBA start in less than almost a month, a month and three days until we get the NBA back. So, Oh my gosh, they're uh, really starting that soon? December 22nd, they, they agreed. And uh, that's why this week has been so nuts because they had the trade window open Monday, the draft on Wednesday, and free agency starts tomorrow. So it's six weeks of NBA offseason activity crammed into what will probably be 10 days. I'm, I'm living my best sports life right now because you know how much <laughs> I love, you know how much I love, I honestly enjoy the offseason just as much, if not maybe a little more than the actual NBA season. So. <laughs> <sighs> I can't do off seasons. It just love it. It's all a whole bunch of stuff that isn't going to pan out. <laughs> Sometimes it does. Sometimes it doesn't. But I, it's, it, I think for me, at least when it comes to football off season, it's the only time I really just have like so much optimism. And then the Cowboys start playing games and it just goes away. <laughs> and, and at least with the Mavericks, at least we're on the up and up. Like, Luca is the Ambovada. He's got the highest odds for MVP. Uh, the Mavericks have the seventh highest odds to win the title. Mavericks, man, we're here. And just and you, and 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 Lamelo Ball is going to Charlotte, so Charlotte's got another star. It's gonna be great. I can't wait to see what happens. Do but. we know that he's a star? Do we know he's that he can play basketball? Oh, oh, his star has nothing to do with his basketball. <laughs> it's nothing to do with that. This is just a star personality in I, Charlotte. You know, I don't I don't particularly care. I, I don't have a team in the NBA. I kind of like the Lakers, but like if I were a Hornets fan, the last thing I would want is the Ball family anywhere near my franchise. Like forget that. And I know it was a good pick and all. It just woof. I, I really just want that one-on-one match that uh, uh, LeVar Ball has against Michael Jordan that he's been touting for years. So let's, uh, yeah. Anything I, that involves LeVar Ball getting humiliated is, is I think, a positive thing. But, you know, I, I just, I don't know. It, it's it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's going to be interesting, buddy. How, how you doing? I'm guessing you didn't watch all 60 picks of the NBA draft last night like I did. You want to guess how many picks I watched? Zero. Zero. 
absolutely zero. Um, the NBA draft is the dumbest draft uh, because <laughs> because you can't actually trade people until well, they actually get picked, so they have no, to wear the it, wrong it, team uniforms. It, it's not even that. It's like so often, like players are, are so far away from actually having an impact in the NBA, and we've seen so many people completely fizzle out and be absolutely nothing. And because there are only two rounds, you only have, you know, typically two chances to get anyone who's going to make a difference on your team. And then, you know, most of them wash out. It, it It's, you know, it, it just doesn't tend to matter, at least in my lifetime. It's like <laughs> there maybe been a single draft's worth of players that have, you know, you remember their names after their playing careers are over, you know? So I don't know. I just think the NBA draft is the dumbest draft. (laughs) We went through this exercise, me and my buddy last night, where we went through the last, like the most, like all-stars from a single draft over the last decade is like six. Right. (laughs) So so, that's the thing. They have uh, a draft every year and then players, there's only so many jobs in the NBA And then players tend to play for, you know, a pretty significant amount of time, especially nowadays. Like, I mean, Vince Carter played for over 20 years. Yeah. You know, that's crazy. I I was a child when I watched him at UNC. So. Well, Kenyon Martin Jr. got drafted last night, drafted last night. So I hope you feel old. I'll I'll feel really old when LeBron James Jr. gets drafted. That's. That's, that's the like one that's years from now. Like it's not even that far away. No, I know. And I, it's going to make me feel really old. Um, I think that's enough basketball talk for the podcast. <laughs> what else made me feel really old was uh, watching the opening match of dynamite and finding out that top flight are 19 and 21 years old. Yeah. Or was it babies. 18 and 21? I mean, uh, it's 21 and 19. I wrote it. Good uh, grief. Yeah. On that note, why don't we transition to pro wrestling? Are you sure? Because <laughs> I can keep... No, no, okay. Let's... Uh, you know what my dive. answer is. We've let's already talked into- about the draft too much. If we talk about it anymore, I'll start breaking out in hives. Uh, I just love that we got almost seven minutes out of the draft. All right. I'll hit the drop. The dynamite that was. Dynamite began with a video introducing the tag team Top Flight, who were scheduled to take on the Young Bucks in the opening match, which was a very competitive affair. Top Flight flying around the ring, living up to their name, performing spectacular maneuvers, and a weakened and injured Young Bucks getting the victory in unconvincing fashion. After this was the first Inner Circle in Vegas video package in which we got to see hijinks and antics involving various members of the Inner Circle in Las Vegas. After this, John Moxley cut a promo in which he talked about some AEW stuff and also dropped the bomb that Renee is pregnant. Yeah, everything else in that promo was completely overshadowed, uh, which is a shame. Uh, and after this, Orange Cassidy took on Kip Sabian in a singles match stemming from a destroyed arcade machine. Orange Cassidy got the win and was blasted by a huge clothesline by Miro after the match, who was chased off by Trent and Chuck. After that was supposed to be the contract signing for the AEW Championship, Kenny Omega came out to the ring 
and was not joined by John Moxley because he had been attacked backstage by a mystery person. After this, we got the second and final Inner Circle in Vegas promo in which we found out that Sammy Guevara is now married three times over and (laughs) other things that were less interesting and noteworthy happened as well. After this was a match between the returning Pack and the Blade with Eddie Kingston on commentary. This match was a highly competitive affair in which Pack went over and initiated a post-match kerfuffle between various members of Eddie Kingston's family, ending up dividing lines with Pack standing with the Lucha Bros, Death Triangle reunited, and the Butcher and the Blade standing with Eddie Kingston. After this was the advertised NWA Women's Championship match between Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa, which was an excellent and competitive match in which Thunder Rosa was interfered with by Dr. Britt Baker, eventually causing her to lose the match. And after the match, Britt Baker was attacked by Thunder Rosa. Next up was a promo backstage with Anna Jay and John Silver cutting a promo regarding the AEW Women's Championship, which Anna Jay will be challenging for. After this was a vignette from Darby Allen, another strange black and white video to lead in to the main event which was a tag team match between Team Taz against the team of Darby Allen and Cody Rhodes. After the match, Will Hobbs took to the ring to turn heel and attack Cody and Darby, thus stating his intention to join Team Taz. And that was the week of Dynamite. Stock up, stock down. Let's start with the main event, dude. How do you feel the guy that you you? brought stock in at at record low prices, is now the third member of Team Taz. Well, from the first moment I saw Will Hobbs on AEW Dark, I knew this dude it was going places. Um, I did not expect him to rise so quickly uh, just because I these things tend to take time. But man, am I excited to see that not only is he involved with the face of the company in this feud, but he's joining up with Team Taz. So he will be side by side with Ricky Starks, Brian Cage, and Taz himself. This can only be a good thing. The match itself was really good. And um, I enjoyed getting to see Brian Cage, Ricky Starks, Cody, and Darby all throw down. Uh, but what's really interesting about this is where are we going? You know, now they're outnumbered. Darby and Cody need a third. And who's going to step up to fill that spot? and uh, jump into this budding feud. Yeah, that's that's kind of the first thing my brain went to is, is the balance of this of this feud and you know we we're still waiting for that kind of blow off for Darby and Starks again and it seems to me that the, like the Cody and Cage is where they're focusing on on those two guys within the the greater feud um but yeah, it, it's it's like trading your first round pick in the NBA draft for a sharpshooter, Joel. Getting Will Hobbs to join this faction. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Getting Will Hobbs in this faction is, is, is a game changer because now it is a faction. It was just two guys in Taz before. But now you got three badasses. You got the be- one of the best talkers in the company representing them in, in Taz. And like Hobbs is a big, physical, imposing guy. You probably don't need him to say much. 
Like he doesn't, we don't, I'm not expecting him to come out next week and pro- drop a 10 minute promo about why he did this. I expect Taz to come out, work his magic and us being like, okay, we, this, this makes sense. And now let's go fucking kick some ass. So I, it's a, it's a huge win. I, I always love the idea of pairing uh, veterans with young guys to, to help them get over. And it just seems like this group is just, it, just the perfect combination of in-ring talent, mic talent, and potential. I feel like you've got the past, the present, and the future all in one faction right now with Taz, Ricky Starks, and Brian Cage, and now Will Hobbs, who is absolutely going to be a star down the road. Oh, he's the Randy Orton of evolution in this. You know, you got to have that young, young, hot shot guy. And he fits that role perfectly. And like, they kind of, they, they, they've teased this, maybe not necessarily teased it where like he was pretending he was going to swing at it. But I remember there was that shot a few weeks ago where like Hobbs were standing directly behind, I think either Darby Allen or Moxley. And I was just like, come on, hit him, hit him, do it. <laughs> uh, yeah, so this is just just another interesting twist to what has been a pretty long running story between uh, Darby, Hobbs, and and Team Taz, and including, like you said, including the face of the company. Cody just legitimizes this even more. Like the fact that this was the main event, and we got to see Cage show out with one of the best in the world, and like that freaking. Spinny slam thing from Darby. I don't even know what it's called. The the not Canadian destroyer, but it looks like a Canadian destroyer. <laughs> like the fact that 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 match that move got pulled out in the main event uh, just makes me so happy. I love these guys. It's great, great stuff. Super compelling. Indeed. Uh, so this was actually a very story heavy episode of Dynamite, and I want to transition to. Uh, a new story that we hadn't gotten any hint of going into this episode, and that is Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. We had this excellent NWA Women's Championship match between Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa. And it was kind of, you know, like I, I think everybody going into it expected, oh, Thunder Rosa is going to get the belt back here, and this is going to lead to, you know, more stuff down the line. Cool spot for Serena Deeb to have the belt for a while, but let's get it back on you know, the the former women's champion and, and move forward. But that's not what we got. We got instead a budding feud between Dr. Britt Baker and Thunder Rosa. And I think this is an excellent pairing. We've seen Dr. Baker in the past have her best matches against, you know, someone who she doesn't have to necessarily carry or pick up the slack for. And someone like Thunder Rosa is absolutely going to bring out the best in Dr. Britt Baker. Yeah. I, I, two things makes me excited about this one. Oh, the fucking match is going to rule. The story's going to rule. Uh, we know Britt's going to bring it with some promos here the next few weeks. If, if this ends up culminating at winter is coming, that's, that's a, which is such a funny name for their event in December. <laughs> Yeah, stock down. Stock down to winter stock, is coming. Stock down to winter is coming. That's um that's some other wrestling company bullshit. Like also the show ended like three years ago. <laughs> like, yeah, winter showed up and it wasn't very good and nobody liked yeah. it. And now we've all moved on. So yeah, I I can't wait for, you know, uh their pay-per-view of their their TV event in January. That's like 
Wang Chung, you know, let's just go even further back to like the eighties here, but um, stupid name was standing at, I know you would. <laughs> if, <laughs> if if this culminates with them at Winter is Coming, I think that that's a great little mini feud. The the reason I'm I'm excited about it is we've seen AEW's history. They don't put their kind of you know free agent trial people into significant stories unless they're confident they're either signed or they're going to be working with the company for a while. So. We were so nervous when Thunder Rosa dropped the NWA title that she was going to WWE NXT. And it seems like, at least for the short term, she's here in AEW. And that makes me so freaking happy because she's a top 10, top five wrestling, women's wrestler in the world, right? I would think they so, need yeah. That. I mean, yeah. I think four of the top five are, at, at minimum, four of the top five are in the other wrestling company. And, you know, she's someone who could round out that top five. You can make the argument. Oh, yeah. I, I'd say now I think you probably have if 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 she's committed to AW, I think you at least have two of the top 10 in the world, including Sheeta. Um, so we always talk about the women's division needs these workers, needs these high profile stars. And to throw her into a storyline with AW's what biggest uh, woman heel. That's that's really exciting. I'm really, really stoked for that. And the match should be wonderful. Um, really random, though. Really out of nowhere. Uh, I, and I'm excited to see what uh, Britt's motivation was to, to do this attack. Is it, oh, you came here, you didn't have to work in AEW, I have, and just think you get these title matches out of nowhere. Something like, I feel that's the vibe it's going to be, but you know she's going to kill Yeah, I think, I, I think it... it you know, something I've talked about on the podcast before was Eric Bischoff's philosophy of creating a question. And I think this creates a question. Uh, we got this moment. It was a cool moment, but we don't really know why it happened. And so now we're talking about it and we're going to tune in next week to find out why it happened. So, you know, hopefully we get, we get some development there. And um, I, I just I think there's no way that this doesn't work out well. Yeah, I think it's 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 a great move and also great match. Like we talked mainly about the post match, but this was really fun, really good work here between Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb. And I think it did it did a great job of setting up uh Thunder Rosa for her next feud and then putting uh Deeb over, you know, someone we just said who might be a top five women's wrestler in the world. So uh all around great stuff here with the the NWA women's championship segment. Okay, Joel, let's let's move on to our next stock up, stock down segment. And this is a stock up for me, the return of Death Triangle and another long term story that uh, A.W. cashed in on tonight. The Eddie's been trying to basically divide the Lucha Brothers for months now, and I was very torn. I did not did not know which way. Penta was going to go when he came out with that chair. Did not know if he was going to take out his brother or if he was going to go after Eddie. And I think that's a a testament to what they've done here the last few weeks with these guys, because I was legit. Like I, I, I did not usually I could like have a feeling. I had no gut feeling on what, how that was going to turn out and to see the death triangle that was teased and formed and then disappeared because of COVID. Uh, I'm loving it. And Death Triangle versus the family, like that's gonna be 
take that bunkyard match last week and just multiply it by five. That's what I think this has the potential to be. <laughs> yeah. So two things really stood out to me from this segment. One was to your point, like it did feel like a big deal, despite the fact that we never really got to see death triangle because of COVID. It still felt significant that this thing that we were all promised that we were all excited about was finally happening and that we didn't just mm-hmm. drop this off. Pac didn't just come back as a singles competitor, but he came back and slotted right back in where he was before, uh, which is something that, you know, sometimes we haven't seen in the other wrestling company. And it's been disappointing because, you know, something cool will be happening and then someone has an injury and then they move on to other things and they never go back to that thing they were doing Mm -hmm. before that injury happened. And, you know, sometimes it's a mercy. Like we didn't get the pumpkin versus pumpkin match with Finn Balor and Bray Wyatt. (laughs) But uh, I I wish we did. But, you know, other times it's been disappointing. So I'm glad that, that we went back to this and I'm glad that it still felt significant. The second thing that really struck me was when Penta came out, I thought back to, okay, what clues have we been given as to what he's going to do here? And I think the viciousness of last week's match really played into the possibility of going either way. Because on the one hand, they really, really got into some personal stuff with the ripping of the masks and the brutality Mm -hmm. of the finish of that match. And so there could still be some, you know, hurt feelings here and some anger and some some desire for revenge. But on the other hand, they're brothers and they beat the trash out of one another. So maybe they got it out of their systems. And so it really did (laughs) feel like, okay, this could go either way and devolve into a four on two situation. Or, you know, we could see these two wrestlers that we love, who are this amazing tag team, get back together and work with a returning superstar who is in unbelievable shape truly unbelievable shape and form this death triangle that we were all so excited about so you know those two things are really running through my head watching that segment and uh i'll drop our first one of the episode i'm excited to see where it goes (laughs) well joel you have you have two brothers is that what it was like when you guys got in fights as a kid you just beat the shit out of each other and then you know what we're good we got it out we're good Honestly, kind of. Um, you know. like, it was like that with me and my guy cousins. We get in a fight, slap each other around for a little bit, and then we're like, "Okay, you want you want want to play video games? Want want to watch Pokemon? Yeah." Well, you know, it would always end up with like one person going too far, realizing they went too far, and then you know, it was like, "All right, we're done." We're going to get in wicked trouble if mom finds out. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. So, you know, and then it was, all right, we have to do something that we both enjoy in order to get past this, you know, this this moment, right? To to quote the dude, this aggression will not stand, man. (laughs) Question for you, though. So Death Triangle was kind of branded as this heel supergroup, you know? What are they now? Are they, they, they seem a little tweener-ish. I think Maybe they're, they're kind of straight up baby faces. Straight that, up baby faces? Like Eddie Kingston is like the biggest heel in the company oh, he's right so now. Good. And he's, he's so good. I think he's intentionally being kind of annoying because he wasn't 
getting the kind of heel heat that he was looking for. Like everyone was like, oh, we love you, Eddie. Eddie's doing so great. We all love Eddie. It's like, I don't want you to love me. I want you to hate me. (laughs) And so, you know, you talked about how you were getting annoyed with him on commentary. I think he was annoying on commentary again this week. And I, I really think he's intentionally laying it on in that way uh, in order to not be a cool heel and to try to really get some some heat so that the babyface counterparts get the shine and, and have that opportunity to get the fans to rally behind them. Yeah, I'm 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 laying some predict- predictions down here. Uh, I think. I th- I've talked for months that I, I feel Kenny and the Young Bucks are going to be dominating as a heel group here for the next maybe year or so. And I fully expect a full-on collision now with the Death Triangle as our babyface threesome to take those three on. And when it happens, I'm going to be so goddamn happy because those matches are going to be insane. But, yep, you heard it here first. That's my prediction. <laughs> All right. Mark it down. Yeah, mark it, mark it in ink. Not even, not even this pencil bullshit. Um, yeah. Anything, anything else about uh the Death Triangle and the the family? I, I I feel like a match here is inevitable. Um, and if that happens, if this mini view of winter is coming, it's an it's another another great way to another great match that could be on that show. I kind of hope this drags out a little bit further. Um, and there's so many combinations getting, that you could do too. Like, yeah, and what, we are getting one of those combinations. Next week, uh, we're getting the Butcher and the Blade facing off with Phoenix and Pack. So that's going to be a great match. And mm-hmm. I think it's a great way to kind of kick off the, you know, feud in the ring between these newly formed teams. We kind of got the kickoff this week with the mm-hmm. Blade and Pack. And do you want to actually like talk about the match at all? Oh, yeah. The, the match was fucking great. <laughs> 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 like, like, Joel, we have a Randy Orton power slam from the blade. What's your score, dude? I got to drop a four on that. I felt like that was a four on the Orton scale. It was really smooth, really fast, really tight. And it was a little high. It was a little high. It was, but, you know, Pat kind of leapt into it. So, mm-hmm. you know, th- there's only so much you can do with that. And I feel like the the rotation and the the speed really made up for the height. And uh, I, I'm going to go ahead and drop four Ortons on that. I, I was really impressed. The only thing keeping it from, from being a five was, you know, the kind of entry into the spot. And there's really nothing mm-hmm. the blade can do about that. So yeah, uh, really good stuff. No, I'm with you there. It was a four, but yeah, no, I, this, this match, I, 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 it's been nice to see the, the brutality that pack brings into the ring. Cause it doesn't matter if it's, hardcore or iron man or anything he, he's just bringing it every time and like j- just look at the, the finish here the shooting star press onto the back which all the dive moves look 10 times worse when you do it to someone's back definitely like yeah like, people don't bend that way no they don't so the shooting star press and then immediately locking in the brutalizer for the win oh my god it just it looked so freaking painful and then like he just started off the match with that like missile drop kick that just like oh yeah. and yeah. Um I also want to give props to Allie in this match. I thought she added a lot, uh, both through her interactions, but also in everything she was doing when she wasn't the focal point of the match. Uh there mm-hmm. was something about having her out there with her husband in the ring 
getting the crap kicked out of him and hearing her react to that in real time that made that brutality from Pac feel even more visceral. So, you know, there's something that Lance Storm has talked about with regards to uh, Sensational Sherry, who he thinks is one of the best valets of all time, Mm -hmm. is that she was always doing something on the outside of the ring. What Not like showing up, being in the spot, and then moving on. And Eric Bischoff has talked about this as well, but that she knew how to play the role of manager and how to get that over at all times without making herself the focal point, but adding to the presentation on screen. And I think Allie has been doing a fantastic job of that. And she's also a great wrestler in her own right. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's she knows how the match works and how it flows and where to put herself and how to be involved in a way that's going to make it better. Yeah, and, and while the, the the whole alley with QT Marshall thing might have flopped a little bit, she was doing the same thing when she was valeting, managing him. It's yeah, the same absolutely. stuff. Um, and I'm I'm just I'm just really glad that she's she's back where she belongs with the, with the butcher and the blade because it just didn't seem right, man. Didn't seem right, and they're my favorite. They're my still one of my favorite groups in all of wrestling: the butcher, the blade, and the bunny. So, and just shout outs to all three of them because they definitely have all improved. All th- like in, like the butcher has gotten in such good shape since he he joined AEW. The blade just looks like a freaking chiseled statue. Like. Um. Yeah. All, all. All. three of them have just done fantastic work so far in AEW, and I'm so glad that we get to watch them. I'm glad that they're in a prominent group right now too, because they kind of disappeared after that MJF like hired gun story last year. So just kind of glad that they're getting some run here and some getting some really good high profile matches. Definitely. So happy. So happy. All right. You ready for lightning round, Joel? Let's do it. lightning round okay if i have to hear <laughs> this is a continuation of stock up stock down i'm, I'm kind of tired of jr on commentary i think he referred to two women as jezebels tonight and when escalibur or Sh- uh, shivani did a promo on aw heels yeah, jr said well, what do they do? do they do a bake sale i'm like oh oh like yeah, he's a the bit of a dinosaur. Of, he's very, yeah. very good at his job, but he does not know how to talk about women's wrestling. Yeah, it's it, it's a shame because like he's done good stuff with the company, but whenever he like says this kind of crap, I'm like, yeah, I sacrifice all the other good he's done just to not have him say that stuff anymore. Yeah, and Shivani's Shivani's a dinosaur. He he was. He's from the 90s, early 2000s wrestling history. He's not saying that crap. And I know Excalibur has had some, you know, issues on the indies with, you know, some PC things, but it doesn't bleed into his commentary. Like, so I just, uh, stock down, just really disappointed. And it's just really frustrating to keep hearing it week in and week out. Especially when AEW Heroes is supposed to be like, we know it's hard to be like to become a wrestling right. fan because the men are toxic. And then you follow up that warming message with that. It's just like, shut the Yeah, it, it really does feel self-defeating in a way. Yeah. And uh, like, and I you mean, can tell, like, he probably doesn't take it seriously. Like, if he's going to make that joke on the air, then, you know, JR doesn't take AW heels seriously. But 
you see plenty of women on on the Twitter sphere saying how grateful they are that this exists. Yeah. And you know, I know he means well, yeah, just, you got to commit to like when you get critical feedback and I guarantee he will because you see it happen on Twitter, but his response to people is like, I screwed up. I'm sorry. You need to lighten up. And it's like, okay, you were doing okay. (laughs) Yep, you said, yep, I you screwed about up, three, I'm sorry. <laughs> but the correct third sentence is not, you need to lighten up. It's, I'll do better next time, right? And that's the part that's missing because he consistently hasn't done better next time. And there's been a lot of next times. So this is something that needs to improve. I, I agree completely. Uh, moving on to a, a lighter topic. Yeah. Uh, we got to talk about the inner circle in Vegas. I mean... <laughs> it was so dumb, but so funny. <laughs> I think... I think I I'm I'm having a crisis. I'm having an identity crisis because I am someone who professes to hate segments like this. This is not my thing. <laughs> I don't go in for this sort of chicanery in my pro wrestling. But I loved it. I thoroughly it enjoyed it. I thought that the 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 MVPs of this segment were uh Hager and Wardlow. <laughs> like they were staring each other down in every mm-hmm. single scene. Oh, and so funny. And then Ortiz was just hilarious. At was the, he on like fucking cocaine at the end? When he was at the end and he's wearing the tank top that says bride and he's got yep. one shoe on and one shoe off and he's just doing <laughs> bicep curls with these tiny little 10 pound weights. It's just, it killed me. I, I hate this kind of thing. And I loved these two segments. The first one ended and I was like, all right, I'm looking forward to part two later yeah. in the episode. So, you know, it feels like there should be a part three. Like they left it on a cliffhanger with Hornswoggle, which. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, <laughs> mileage may vary when it comes to like inner circle hijinks. Cause I haven't loved all of it. Like I didn't love the bubbly yeah. bunch, but lately I mean, the the dinner debonair, and then uh, yep. this inner circle slays Vegas. I these are great segments, and yeah, I, I don't know if they can keep up this kind of thing. But if this is how they're going to build to the eventual blow up between MJF and Jericho, I'm all for it. Yeah, man, I I'm all for it too. And I, my favorite part was when Sammy was drunk, and you like you know when people get drinks, like man. You're a good guy. I love you. I like Sam goes like, I I really hate you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I mean, I really hate you. I was just like <laughs> Oh, it 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 was funny, man. And then the Everclear. The comments. Everclear, yeah. Oh, I was having some flashbacks to college there, dude. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Everclear is dangerous. Um This is terrible, too. Yeah, I I have a, a hypothesized match uh, from this segment that I would love to see. I'm playing some fantasy booking right now. Uh, at the I think it was the end of the first segment where Hager and Warlow just started like one upping each other by beating up random people. I want a match where it's like a Royal Rumble type match, but it's them versus everyone, and whoever eliminates the most people is the winner. Give me like an anything you can do, I can do better match. Sure. Yeah, I'm, I'd be down for that. I mean, you kind of bury a bunch of people in the process, but I think that's oh, it, a it, 
It'd be all those people on that those those contract tiers that Cody told us on uh what's it called? Um whatever podcast AW was. Yeah, just all by all those people who are here for like the four weeks, get a few matches in and just put those two guys over, man. Just and have it be like a have it be like a tie or something. I don't know. I love the idea of that because I've always enjoyed the trope of like two people beating up a bunch of other people, but they're competing against each other. So I'd be down for that. That'd be fun. Yeah. Be something fun. And you know, those like, I, I, I hate giving Hager props because you know how much I hate that guy. His, his comedic timing is pretty, him and Wardlow, their comedic timing is pretty damn good. Um, so good good for them um uh my 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 next thing on the uh the lightning round is that opening match between the young bucks and the youngsters of top flight what a fun match and what some that was some crazy innovative offense from both teams in this and i really hope we get that tweet that says top flight is all elite because sign these kids help them grow develop them because they're they were amazing yeah seriously and I think what struck me the most was the effortlessness with which the younger brother, I forget their names at the moment, I will learn them, um, but the effortlessness with which he took to the air, just insane ups. Mm-hmm. The amount of height that he got on that tope to the outside, yeah. and then he didn't have that much distance, though which tells me that he did that without being at like a full sprint. So if he really got going, he could clear the barrier if he wanted to. I mean, the dude just has insane athleticism and that uh, jumping, twisting head scissors thing that he did. Yeah. That just looked amazing. And I've seen these guys wrestle once before on an episode of AEW Dark. I know they've wrestled twice on Dark. There's just one episode I haven't watched yet. So mm. I know you got to go back and check it out. I think it's from two weeks ago. Um, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm excited to see these guys perform more in AEW. And I do think that they're going to end up getting signed. You don't give guys shine like that in a feature no. spot with a promotional video before their match if you're not planning on signing them and bringing them on board. Yeah. It, it, I, I think, oh, yeah. Yeah. No, they're, they're guaranteed they will get that tweet from AEW in the next few weeks. But yeah, I loved it. Great, great talent. Joel, you got another item for me in lightning rounds? I do. Um, so, and this is outside of the episode, but. It came out this week that Matt Seidel is officially signed to AEW. Matt Seidel is all elite. And this is very exciting news. Nope. Nope. This was brand new uh, that he is officially signed to the company. So everything that he had done to this point was on a tryout basis. And he's there's your third guy. There's your third guy for Darby and Cody. Oh, yeah. That'd be great because he just had a match with Brian Cage. So last week. A yeah. little bit of continuity there. That'd be fantastic. Uh, that'd be a great way to elevate his star now as well. Now that he's officially signed within the company. Yeah. Um, real quick, uh, that um, Kip Sabian Orange Cassidy match. Super fun. That's it. Super fun. Love what they're doing here with Kip Miro and the best friends and Cassidy. And uh, we better get that arcade brawl at some point. Yeah, I need it. Y'all. I need it so much. And I am going to be so disappointed if we don't get that. 
Yeah, I, I think there's so much potential there. They got to do it. Do you have another another item? I do not. I don't have any. Well, you know, I'll, I'll throw this out there. It's a small thing, a true lightning round item. Um, I'm excited that Anna Jay is getting a big spot, um, and I'm disappointed that she's going to lose. Yeah, it's. I feel a better build here would have been would have been good for her. Um, also, I'm glad they had John Silver there because her promo chops need a little work. That promo was a little stale for my taste, but uh, glad she's going to get this opportunity. Hopefully, she can show out, put on a good match, take that L. And I got I got one last thing. How good? Did Kenny Omega look in that suit and the sunglasses? Give me the cleaner or give me death. Yeah, man. He looked so badass. It looks like his his hair is even a little more curly. I don't know if he's like he just he looked like a badass. Uh and I loved I loved all the uh the Moxley shots during his entrance. <clears throat> yeah. Bring announcement today too. That was just oh, it's so funny. So <laughs> I, love I don't this. know. I don't know if you saw this, but the his entrance now is designed to, um, or parts of it are designed to evoke Michael Jordan, and that's mm. why they're bringing up like he resides in North Carolina. Uh, that's why the the little intro music before his music is kind of reminiscent of Sirius by Alan Parsons Project. Okay, so it's all kind of designed to you know, go to that kind of greatest of all time sort of vibe. Um, and they chose to do I, that through a, a Michael Jordan connection. I can't wait for uh, Kenny to drop 40,000 a hole playing golf in the spring with Barkley. Get that cross <laughs> promotion with TNT going. I'm all about that corporate synergy, baby. <laughs> Joel, did you have a random observation for me or can we? I do. Can we I do have a random that? observation oh. this week. Button. observation of the week so i'm going to take my random observation of the week to dunk on the other wrestling company uh yes. they, they had two high profile embarrassments um one of which is uh zelina vega leaving the company mm-hmm. and uh revealing that the reason she left is because she was making more money off of her third party engagements than she was off of her WWE contract. And so with their new rules in place that say that she can't do that anymore, uh, meant that it didn't make sense for her to be in the company anymore. So that's number one. Number two, and I don't know if you saw this one or not. It came out this week that Sasha Banks got her role in the Mandalorian, not because of her notoriety as a pro wrestler, but because John Favreau saw her on an episode of Hot Ones, which is a awesome YouTube show, series <laughs> where uh, celebrities answer questions while eating hot wings. So, yeah, your reach, your social relevance, other wrestling company, is smaller no. than the YouTube show Hot Ones. Well, it's also a True TV uh, game show now. I don't know if you knew that. Okay. I just I yeah. read an article about how John Favreau discovered her, and uh, so yeah, hottest show going right now, would we say? And uh, so she was able to get that spot, not because of WWE. But but Joel, WWE has always been at the forefront of pop culture because 
Flo Rida has performed at multiple WrestleManias, and I hear the teens love themselves some Flo Rida. I mean, I don't know enough about him to know whether we should be slandering Flo Rida or not. Um, so I, we should be I, we should be slandering Flo Rida. I, I'm not going to co-sign on that because I'm going to I'm just going to move away from that. But but yeah, I enjoyed I enjoyed WWE getting dunked on in the public sphere a couple of times. So that's but Joel, always they've nice. Also, they have also had massive celebrities like Snooki and Shaq. Well. AW on Shaq, though, so that's probably a bad one. I would have gone with Machine Gun <laughs> Kelly if, if oh, I were you. Machine Gun Kelly. Or uh, Kevin Rem- Federline. <laughs> yeah, didn't K-Fed, didn't, doesn't he have a win over John Cena? I believe that is correct. Yeah, so you know what? Other wrestling company, it's funny because you're going to lose Sasha Banks to Hollywood here soon. And you're like, oh, the, we lost another one to Hollywood. I'm like, yeah, well, you know what? You're, Good, good observation, Joe. I love dunking on the other wrestling company. <laughs> oh, All right, so take us out of here. Oh, they okay. Um, guys, you can find us at the other wrestling show on Facebook and Instagram. OWS underscore pod on Twitter. You can find Joel at the other Joel. You can find me at Michael underscore Aranda. You can email us at the other wrestling show at gmail.com. You can find us on Spotify, iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher. Wherever you can get your podcast. If you're an Android guy like me, we're pretty much on every podcast network out there. So give us a follow, subscribe, reviews. Really appreciate it. Uh, I know we've been a little bit lacking with the live dynamite uh, tweeting here, but we'll be back into that next week. And, you know, we'll give you a nice big reaction show to Winter is Coming, which <laughs> it just sounds so dumb. And, and Joel. Oh, actually, I have one last thing. Uh, Dynamite uh, is creeping up on Monday Night Raw in terms of their uh, 18 to 45 demo. So watch out, Raw. AEW's coming for you too. And Joel, anything else before we head on out? Nope. And if you want, we're going to record a special NBA free agency podcast, right, Joel? What? I know nothing of this. (laughs) Bye, everyone. Remember, everybody, life's a work. Duck the clothesline. And happy wrestling. Bye.